We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your Front Range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Thank you for tuning in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. Rudo and AJ coming at you live on a Thursday as the Avs sit 3-2 against the St. Louis Blues on an off day. Travel day back to St. Louis. Uh, Obviously... The collapse in Game 5 is still very much a bad taste in a lot of Avalanche fans' mouth. So we decided we'd take maybe another look at it and what it means going forward in the series for the Avs. So, AJ, it's been 13 hours, 14 hours, 15 hours. How we feeling? Um... I mean, you can't feel good. I mean, I think you can feel okay, but you still feel like that game was a disaster. Yeah, I mean, you feel like... Yeah. I mean, it's still a disaster. It's still... It was just such an epic collapse. It's such a big moment. You know, like, especially especially with their own, like, personal demons considered. It was yeah. just, it was just, it was just, it was a big gut punch. And that's the thing though, is that, you know, it, I compared it a little bit to game seven against Dallas, but you know, what's different about them. It was game five. Exactly. Right. So they, they get to go and do it again. Yeah. And push comes to shove. Like, Do I really, do I, in my heart of hearts, do I think that St. Louis is going to beat the Avs three games in a row on home ice in Denver? I don't. And I guess that makes me feel better. <laughs> um, it was, it, it sucked. Like it, it sucked. It was just such a waste of a great performance from Nathan McKinnon. For sure. But also, does that wake Nathan McKinnon up? Like, you probably don't get a four-point night out of him tomorrow in St. Louis. But if you get a a goal and an assist out of him. And a hockey team that doesn't collectively just drop the ball in the third period. (laughs) Well, and maybe you get, maybe, maybe Kale McCarr does something. Uh, in the uh, in in the series for once, you know, like he yep. hasn't really doesn't really done much, um, and and maybe you know maybe maybe Darcy Kemper, like all eyes are now fully on him. Yeah, everything everything sure. everything in this in this Avalanche postseason had been McKinnon and McCarr and Landeskog and you know the team as a whole. Nazem Kadri obviously ended up in the spotlight quite a bit. 
And now more than ever, Darcy Kemper is squarely in the spotlight here. Yep. He is he he is now like the man up front. If anybody needs a bounce back game, obviously yeah. McCarr, Miko, it would be great if those guys would actually show up in the series and do anything. But but, but Darcy Kemper, let's be real here. The abs can the abs can continue to survive Miko Rantanen just not being very productive. Yep. Uh and and I don't think they'll survive much if Kale McCarr does not play to a to a certain level. But Darcy Kemper, Darcy Kemper, more than any of them, needs the bounce back. He needs he needs the strong performance. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. And you know, there's definitely some scars there too with the complete collapse of Philip Grubauer, particularly in Game Six last mm-hmm. season of the second round. Well, when we're talking about complete collapses that cost them series, yep. Like Michael Hutchinson was admirable against Dallas until he just couldn't stop anything in game seven. Yeah. Okay. And, and, like it is what it is, yep. but this was a game five loss. They've got two more. They've got two more cracks at it. If they need, they can absolutely roll in to, to St. Louis refocus, get back to it and do what they did in games three and four. They won both games in St. Louis in the series. I think and we'll talk about this more later in the show, but uh, the part of what I do want to impress on people is don't remember or do remember the first 40 minutes of that hockey game too, where <laughs> even with maybe a lineup that isn't playing at their best, the abs are doing just fine in that hockey game until they imploded. Yeah. That wasn't a beat down by St. Louis or anything. Yeah. So it is like like we talked about last night, like, oh my god, this was a what a shit. Like they were they had three one lead going into the third period. Three goal lead in the game. They had a lead with less than three minutes left in the game. There is no one's gonna come out here and tell you, oh, it's fine. That game was a disaster for the abs. Sure. But like there were there were certainly 40 minutes. Was, yep. And some yeah, I would say certainly like 35 minutes, maybe 30. I, I would that say you're like, dude. There's 30 minutes like, that were good. There's 10 that you live with. And then there's the third period. Okay. I'm I'm cool breaking it down like that. Because when you have a 3 nothing lead, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, after they got 3 nothing up 3 nothing, they stopped caring or whatever. And it was like. Well, when they got up three nothing, and then when they didn't score on the power play, St. Louis—that's when yeah. St. Louis started building. What well, and like, not to discount St. Louis either. You're down three goals. The game's half over, and this is it. Yeah, they lose. They go home. Yeah, and and like as much as as much as we're talking about the emotional swing for Colorado, like. We they were St. Louis was in full empty the tank mode last yeah, night, I, and you're totally re-energized by the win. But just hypothetically speaking, uh, it, like there was a lot spent last it, night. It it does feel a little bit like the Avs round one series against Nashville. Uh, obviously not to the same level, but the Avs come back in Game Five. They get the the guts call. And then game six, it was just like, well, all right, runs over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, we'll, we'll see. It's obviously like you could, you can, you could. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk ourselves into, this is the end of the world. And yeah. then we're going to talk ourselves into, look, it's fine. This is fine. It's going to be yeah. fine. Um, In the next couple of segments, because it seems like there are only extremes from here. Yep. It's it's interesting because I am curious how people will view game five of this series in the future. If the Avs win the series, I think it's pretty straightforward. 
Dude, no one remembers game five ever. And the, everyone goes, hey, remember that time Mac got a hat trick and the Avs still lost like, to the playoffs? <laughs> like mostly it, it gets remembered because we didn't it we didn't get to have the coronation of Nathan McKinnon as that next level superstar. Yeah. But if the Avs lose the series, I I do wonder if people will look at game five as the start of the failed existence, or if they'll look at games six and seven as couldn't get over the hump. Yeah. I mean, game we'll get into this. This is what the whole show is about. For sure. For sure. We can talk about it. Um, A couple of, ground rule level level stuff here with the game. I don't know how well uh, maybe you maybe you can be upset with Nathan McKinnon in this game AJ but as we go into the doom no. doomer side but I I'm kind of excluding Nathan McKinnon from the conversation on either side because it's like look dude scored a hat trick Dude stepped up. Dude was the one guy on the ice that did everything you could ask him to do. Yeah. So it is what it is when it comes to Nathan McKinnon. Not gonna not gonna lump him in with the rest of the team on this one because I think he stood out so much in either direction. Um all right. What did you want to start with the doom side or the or the positive side? Well, I put it in there. Oh, did you? The order, I think. Let me yeah. see. Pull it up. We're gonna start with the doomers. All right, doom first. So we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You're getting ready to experience some doom maybe make sure you're sipping on a Breck brew. So, you know, it's all, uh, it's all in a good thought experiment. It's it, the reality of the doom hasn't been made yet. The same way the reality of the optimism hasn't been made yet. That is for the future to decide. Uh, you can get Breck brew at your local liquor store. Use the Breck beer locator online to find it at a local place near you. We're also brought to you by Avaca TV. You can go to evoca.tv slash dnvr to get TV for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months and only 25 bucks a month after that. If you're in the Denver metro area, it has Altitude. It has AT&T Sportsnet. It has the national channels. So you can watch whatever sporting events you want as far as the local teams are concerned. Uh, and they've got you totally covered top to bottom with TV access that actually just plugs right into your TV. It's a little box. It works just like a normal remote TV. You don't have to set up any weird streaming services or anything like that. Super easy and super effective to use. Again, that's avaca.tv slash DNVR. Go check it out today. All right. Doomer side. Does it start with... Does it start with St. Louis is better than the Avs, or does it start with the Avs will never be able to get out of their own way? Yeah, I think it it starts with... Um, I mean, I think it's going to start... <clears throat> I think if you're really doomering this up and you're, you've are you decided this is done, um, it's, it's really all about Darcy Kemper. I think it starts with Kemper. Yep. The fact that he's getting... He... I don't want to call Billy Huso St. Louis's backup because it's just not true. He was their starter for right. the second half of the year. So yeah, and like yeah, um, but it's like like Darcy Darcy Kemper just hasn't been very good in the postseason, and we've talked about it all along. He's been good enough. It's been fine, but not once in the series. We're now five games into this series, and not once. Has he been great? Where you're like, man, Darcy's really had a really, really good night. Hasn't been bad. It's not like 
not like we've been talking about him every single night and being like, my gosh, where's Darcy Kemper? You know, we've talked a lot about, hey, he's had a he's had a handful of goals go in on him that were some horse shit. Yeah. And you look at you look at the abs were getting by. They Darcy Kemper was giving up. You go, you go through game one. He gives up that goal uh, to O'Reilly off the like the double bounce that ends up in, with like an O'Reilly breakaway, and then the Jordan Cairo power play jailbreak that was absolutely just a just a terrible goal to give up. It's uh, the concern with Darcy is that maybe he just can't win the Colorado Avalanche playoff game, and and it's not that he hasn't played good enough to win. It's that he hasn't stolen a game in this series. Well, you haven't and, and seen him get to that level to be, to be frank, like the avalanche, the avalanche haven't been so out badly outplayed in any one game that but you're they looking at it for sure. Like in, in St. Louis's best game in game two, they just weren't like the blues were not overwhelmingly better. And two of those goals are deflected in off of avalanche sticks and the third one is David Perron just beating him on the glove uh, on a two-on-one. Like, and that's that's the best that the Blues played in the series, like game, like beginning to end of a game. That was their best, like end-to-end game. And like before last night, Kemper, like Kemper, had not been bad in the series. There's all this retconning of how Kemper has played going on because last night was he was just terrible for him. It was he was he was, of 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 all the abs that were bad in the third period, he was the worst. For sure. And he was the most important one that had a bad that had a bad third period. But this in the series, Kemper has two of five games with a save percentage over 920. He has one in the 900s and he has two below 900. So he's been fine. Yep. Good. Not great. And last night will be disastrously bad and will skew all of his stats for the rest of the series. Yep. Because he just hadn't been really good or really bad before then. He had been fine. And now all of a sudden he goes from like, well, he's just kind of, he's just kind of cruising along. Uh, you know, just doing his thing, and and now he's in the spotlight. He's like in the. He's now big bright light is now on Darcy Kemper. And thank you for the two eighty, Jake. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Uh, that is the concern, right? He's in the spotlight. We saw a goaltender that couldn't live up to the moment in the third period of game five. And the fear is that he's never going to live up to the moment. I don't, where's all this Bennington stuff coming from? They ruled him out for the series like days ago. Yeah. He's not gonna play. <laughs> I know that. I think he, I think he was skating and it was like the same thing. Like, Oh, was Tori Krug coming back because he was on the ice for practice, but didn't participate in it. Like, I guess, I guess I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy that's like, this is absolutely not happening. When it, I I don't have any information about it, it, but teams don't generally rule players out of a series unless they know for sure. Like this guy is not also complete. like. Think about Nashville playing. They, they never ruled Soros out of that series, and there was no chance he was playing well, in that fight. The thing is, like. It's really hard for a goaltender with a lower body injury to just be like, I'm not 100%, but I'm coming back. Yeah. Because if a goalie does that, he gets shelled. For yeah. Six. Like a guy, a guy skating and a guy being able to play in a game are completely different conversations. Yeah. So um, I kept, I, I saw some of that last night and was like, I don't know where this is coming from, but this does not feel rooted. Uh, in reality, the the idea that this is the other thing that uh, I know we've got Blues fans in here that don't have their own show to go hang out at, and they want to revel in our pain or whatever. But um, 
the Jordan Bennington against the Avs in his career just hasn't been that he's good. Been, um, I I would argue he's been bad. We're not we're not like a we're not like a group of people that like fears Jordan Bennington. Also, like even the Jordan Bennington part of this series, Jordan Bennington lost Game One. But okay, yeah, man, <laughs> he was fine. Like he he was he was their best player. But Through the but two I, games that he had played, but I mean, you're talking he played two games and then six minutes. Which, but I mean, I guess if we're going full Doomer, the Jordan Bennington injury was all a bait and switch and he's healthy and he's playing like he's in 2019 again, right? I mean, I think that, that I think that's like everybody, uh, everybody's like, oh, it's 2019 again because Jordan Bennington had a good week of games. <laughs> yep. A pretty dramatic fucking leap, but it is what it is. Look, sometimes you gotta go um, back three full it, years to find the good week. AJ. I will say, I will say, uh, I'm, I'm like Jordan until until there's something that suggests Jordan Bennington is actually even close to healthy enough yeah. to play. I'm not worrying about. It's hard to make that leap, whereas it's less hard for the Avs fan base to make the leap of Darcy Kemper wilting in the limelight for an additional game or two. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, if you're the pessimist take on this is the abs, the abs have Darcy Kemper can't beat Billy Huso and Billy Huso hadn't been any good in the series. Like his best game. He gave up four goals last night. Yep. Got a little unlucky along the way, but as we've learned in this series, that's part of goaltending in the postseason, right? It's, it's a weird spot, especially for Kemper, because technically he hasn't clinched a series with Colorado. It was Pavel Francouz in at the end of the national yeah. series, yeah, because of the injury to his eye. <clears throat> and uh, look, the Blues fans in our chat going after Nighthawk is pretty fun. It, oh my god, they that's uh, in the that world. is misdirected, there, friend. Uh, the Avs in the last decade have had good goaltenders fail to get them across the line Yeah, not just Philip Grubauer as we've seen obviously the Dallas series is a little more complicated with Michael Hutchinson and Ned and you had Andrew Hammond at one point against Nashville but you go all the way back to 13-14 Semyon Varlamov having an arguably Vesna caliber season gets lit up in game seven for five. Yeah. It yeah. Is- and the one that you really want is, was the last one too. <laughs> I, I mean, exactly the same truth as Darcy Kemper in this game five. Yeah. The one you really wanted was the last one. Yeah. I mean, you can live with all the other garbage and the, 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 but the last one that you give us is just like, come on. I mean, the the Nino, the overtime goal uh, is way better than that bullshit from Bozak last night. But Yeah, I, I mean, the, the Bozak goal last night is a routine save in the NHL for, for every goaltender. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I think I think beyond Kemper, Kale McCarr hadn't played well in the series. Miko Rantanen hadn't played well in the series. Nathan McKinnon has had one great game in out of five. And, you know, because he's Nathan McKinnon, you can talk yourself into, well, he can have another one. But it's not going to look like what it, what, what it did last night where that was an all-time great night. That was a singular effort for him. So uh, I, I think that's that's where the, the, the Doomers are out today in – And they were, you know, building where you feel bad today, not just in the result, but is now you have to go back to St. Louis uh, where they're going to be on their home ice. They're rejuvenated. They feel great. Blah, 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 blah. And 
they win that game and then they have all the momentum coming into game seven and the abs are even though they're on home ice they're as tight as they've ever gonna they're ever going to be uh all the pressure is on them they're about to blow this thing oh my god this is happening again blah 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 right like who that's i think that's that's the pessimist view that's the doomer take right is that this is they are they they are crashing into back into back into earth and this core group this core group just can't get out of its own way you know when you need it when you need it the most kale mccarr is the guy standing in front losing the net front battle on the game on the game tying goal when when you need it the most your captain landeskog is the one who can't get the empty net goal after getting the the puck cleared out of the zone when you need it the most you know it's a it's a litany of failures by your best players it's not like Darren Helm cost you something. It's it's shrinking from the moment, right? Absolutely. It's, it's shrinking from the moment from your biggest stars, your leaders. Yeah. And, and it goes beyond, I think, any individual player there. And the fear is the Avs don't get it back in gear. They're, the fear is they're stuck in their own head. And they play like a hockey team that struggles to make basic fundamental plays. That sloppy team from game two comes back. And now they're, now they lack confidence. Now they don't think that they can get it done. Now they don't, you know, it's, it's, it's all of, it's all of the bad stuff happening all at once. And just, you know, look, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire, right? If a team throws a hockey game away, maybe they're not as good as everyone thinks they are. Yeah. That's the doomer take. Yeah. And and look, there are a million ways to lose a hockey game. It's not hard to find one. <laughs> it's not hard to find ways to lose hockey games if you put yourself in that position. And... From the Doomer side of things, the Avs have zero track record of of doing the thing in the second round. They have never this this core has never done it. Full stop. Yeah, you've had guys on other teams who have done it, but this leadership group hasn't accomplished anything. Yep, and that's just the reality of it. That's it's true until they prove otherwise, right? Yeah, it's on them to prove it. Like that's yep. that's it. Simple as that. Um, any other any other doomer side takes you want to add here, AJ? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we could lightly touch on the coaching here. Um, it gets brought up in the chat again that putting out the the top line uh, instead of a Nichushkin or a Lekkinen. Um. I would have definitely not had Miko Rantanen on the ice. Um, I would have had Lekkinen personally, not Nachushkin, because I thought Nachushkin was having a really bad night. Um, but I would have had Lekkinen over Rantanen. I was fine with Landeskog. I was fine with McKinnon. Uh, so that, that's like I was good with those guys being on the ice uh, in that situation. It's weird that this comes under fire. I, I I say it's weird. Of course it comes under fire because everything got second guess last night. But for the last like three years, Bednar has gone with that. And Colorado's top game. line has ended games consistently. It, Defensive me, pairings have kind of moved around a little bit. But if there's one thing that Colorado's top line does really, really, really well, it's get out of its own zone. And Nico Ranton made a play to, End game four. Yeah, made a great play in his own zone. The best play that maybe the best play he's made all series. Right. For that empty net goal. And like they 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 have always gone with that group. And my my only real point of contention was was it was Rantanen because he again he was not going. And we had seen I, I thought Lekkonen had a strong night. In a normal night where Nachushkin is playing the way that he normally does, I would say he should have been that guy. But so, he was having a bad night last night, and I was fine with him not being on the yeah, ice for I, it. Was, I would have had Lekkonen. 
Lekkonen was probably the best of the bunch defensively, which isn't saying a lot. So, and and maybe the Doomer take here is that Jared Bednar has established that he finishes games with his stars. He's going to live and die with his best players. His best players are going to decide the games. And, and it's, it's a little odd to me that that seems to be a controversial coaching I, decision. But I agree with you, but the Doomer take is maybe those dudes can't get it across the line. I think I think the 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 better Doomer take is Miko has played like shit all this entire series. Why do you keep doing this? Because there's proof in the pudding there. Like I understand history and all that, but Miko has not like Miko Rantanen has not played well in two months. We I, haven't but, seen well, Miko Rantanen play quality like quality hockey outside of the odd shift here or there. And I thought he got better. Like I thought he had a better game four. I thought he was actually pretty solid in game four, uh, but not Miko Rantanen. And I just think it's more like. I, I, I don't even know that it's that. I, I think the bigger Doomer take that I saw on Twitter after the game. Oh, see, I wouldn't. I'm, I shut that shit off. A, a wise decision. Yeah. But There's I, no way. the bigger take that I saw floating around was that the onus is on Jared Bednar for the Avs playing incredibly passive in the third period and ultimately caving. And that's that's being a hostage of the moment because – Look, yeah, if I, you if you hate that if you hate that strategy, then you hate that strategy in games three and four as well, in which they executed it and, perfectly. And really, like up to I think I think through like thirteen minutes or something last night, they had given up like four or five shots on goal. It was it, there were like it, shots were three to three, like ten minutes through the third. Okay. Period. Nathan McKinnon's not getting traded, like. But that's that. The, we're in the doomer section, but we're yeah. we're at least trying to base it in reality. Yeah, we're not. This isn't this isn't HF boards. This is the doomer <laughs> part of the show, but this isn't HF boards. Uh, the Avs wouldn't trade Nathan McKinnon. I, I, basically, the world would have to end for the Avs to trade Nathan McKinnon, or he would have to tell them. I'm not I'm never playing for you again. Yeah, like because he's coming into the last year of his deal, and if he's if he refuses to sign a deal, then okay. Like, and the the ABS when it comes down to it, if Nathan McKinnon wants to be here, the ABS will pay him whatever. Yeah, literally give him a blank check. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> uh even if they blow this series, Jared, I don't think Jared Bednar goes anywhere. I agree, and I think that's the correct take. I don't um, at this point. At this point, man, I just don't know. I don't know what to do. I genuinely, I don't know what to do. Uh, I, anyway, I, I'm I am earnestly very, very tired about talking about firing Jed, Jared Bednar just because we've had this conversation fifty times this season. Yeah, and he just like he just signed an extension and. Which, I, like we always say, coach contracts aren't real, but more than anything, it's that the, the team, as recently as November, felt strongly about giving him multiple years on the new deal. I, I uh, E.M. Oh, Emo Rogue, is that what we're going with here on that name? I don't know. You think that Certainly. Nate is going to be sick of losing... And not sign an extension. Sick of losing. Will this hurt enough to stop the turtle idea? Let's, let's start here. We'll get to that conversation in a second. So, yeah, you have to understand, in my mind, the difference between games 3, 4, and 5 in the third period is simply execution. If the Avs are managing the puck better and executing their zone exits... Games four and five don't look that different in the third period. Yeah, I mean, games three and four were like identical third periods, and and they locked they locked it yeah. down. They played super low event. They gave up very little quality, and they they won pretty comfortably. Yeah, and and, and the difference in game five is the Avs tried to lock it down, but 
they were turning over pucks like hotcakes and they couldn't get a save out of Darcy yeah. Kemper. They like we said, and we said this on last night's show. Uh, if they go in, if they go into St. Louis and they have a third period lead, and it's a one goal lead, two goal lead, whatever, and they lock it down and it looks like games three and four, then you can have you can look at games three, four, and six at that point and, five and say, is the weird boy. One. Yeah. Something went really, really well in those games. Which one stands out as the weird one? And then all of the people wondering about, oh, the 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 quest, you know, the Bender doesn't know what he's doing. Why is he? Why are they doing? You know, why are they approaching it this way? Why are they turtling or you know whatever? Like, if it wins them three games and it loses one, like, which which is the strategy it, that I... Like, is it is it fair to say that that strategy doesn't work? Also, you don't have to like the turtle. You can think that the turtle is a bad strategy and that it doesn't fit the abs well or whatever you want. But historically, in the NHL, every single team ever in the history of the league... Gets a two goal lead in the third period, and they shut it down. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the champs. You look at the two time champs, and back in the conference finals, you think they're they're they you think they were had their foot on the gas with the with their one goal lead with their lead in against Florida? Do you think against Tampa Bay, or I'm sorry, against Toronto in round one? Like Tampa base turtles. The difference is, is that they've got bossy and nobody else in the world does. Yep. The, the, look at Tampa finishing the sweep against Arizona. Shots were seven to twenty-seven in that game at one point. Like, or not Arizona, Florida, obviously. Um, but still, it's it, yeah, it's not uncommon. Everybody turtles. Yeah, like this dude. You're oh, the abs lit. The abs turtled and they lost. It's not a good strategy. Okay, then your argument is that when they won in games three and four, it was not a good strategy either. Yep. And if, the, if if you consistently live in the world of it's just a bad strategy, that's fine. But when it works time and time and time and time and time and time again in the postseason, it's hard to make that argument. It genuinely is. $2 from Ace saying good luck to both sides, fun times. And as we uh, transfer into our optimist outlook here, we are brought to you by Lightshade. You can get your THC and CBD needs down at any of the 11 Lightshade locations in the Denver metro area. Use the DNVR code. You can get to 25% off on products that are not already marked down, including want to sleep aids which i really wish i had some of last night i barely slept at all it was unfortunate but that's the way things go when you don't have your want to sleep aids at the ready you can take them and they start acting in 10 to 15 minutes to put you to sleep nice and easy highly recommend you go check out not just wanna but everything at lightshade for your thc and cbd stuff 25 percent off is just a bonus on top you can order online at lightshade.com for pickup so the start of the optimist conversation is very simple. The Avs are still leading this series. Yeah. They have, have two more chances to close out the series, one of which will be on home ice if necessary. Yep. They have won more games than they have lost in this series. They get to go again at clinching the series. The Avs get another, even if they lose on Friday. St. Louis doesn't eliminate them. Yeah. It's the abs have played well enough in this series that they put themselves in a really good spot to where they could afford to lose a game. Now, no doubt the way the game five loss happened sucks, but, but you can't take that with you. And the positive take is look, you wake up, it's a new day. It's a new opportunity to, to, to exercise your demons. They're going to get three kicks at this can if they need them. They ha, they got to like the finish line. Like, I I don't know. Uh, the I don't know how to make this a proper analogy, but they like stubbed the toe just before they kicked the can yep. last night. 
and that's it. Like, okay, they uh, they didn't get it done last night, but the positives that you pull, they once again outplayed St. Louis by a pretty significant margin through most of that game. Uh, yep. Mac um, deserved to punch every player post game. Thank you for the two eighty, Johnny. Emotionally. You can easily talk yourself into, okay, St. Louis emptied the emotional tank there to come back. And they just may not have enough left in him to, you know, they might just come out flat in game six because, oh, they, as you alluded to the Colorado Nashville series a few years ago, Colorado had that big emotional comeback, stole a game at the end. And that was uh, all there was. They got yeah. thoroughly outplayed. And then the very next game, the other, the better team came out and on the road and just said, we're not doing this anymore. And <laughs> suplexed the abs on home, on, on their own ice. It, and just dropped it. And we're like, we're just the better team. That's it. Well, and, and here's the exciting part. It took an all-time comeback for St. Louis to win this game in overtime. Win again. You had everyone but Nathan McKinnon struggling. Yeah, Pick three players. I, I don't even know that it matters which three on the Avs. Pick three players. You're good. If they have a better game. like Pick the fourth liners. If they don't get completely crushed all night, you probably win the game. Pick really, any like, defenseman. Any, <laughs> pick Darcy any Kemper. Defenseman, man. Yeah. Like, if you take if you take any of any of the uh, any of Eric Johnson, Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, yep, three guys who have been excellent for you in this postseason. Any of those three play better, you win last night. Yep. Nathan McKinnon, you're right. You're probably not going to get as good of a game from him as you got. But the thing about Nathan McKinnon is that you may not get that. Like that was like, like something else. It was something else. That was like the star of star stuff, right? Yeah. But this is like this is a guy who has made a regular habit of being a stud in the postseason. It's not like him going out there and having a two or three point night is an unrealistic thing. He could easily go back. I don't want to say easily, like the game is easy, but I mean, like given his history, it is not hard to just be like. Could could absolutely get that done. It's... He could absolutely have two or three two or three points, and any any other line gives them anything. Any other defenseman gives them anything. Uh, my dog might have just knocked something over, so give me thirty seconds. But AJ, there are a lot of avenues to success here for Colorado. I yeah. I would argue a lot more than avenues to failure. I I would agree. I mean, when you look at like when you look at who played well down the stretch last night, it's really not hard to be like, God, a lot of key guys really just were not great. Just not great at all. And for me, like if Miko Rantanen hasn't played well the entire postseason, I don't, this might just be that year where he's just not any good. And that and if the team's going to have success, they just got to drag that guy through it. But since we're doing the optimist take on it, it's time. It's time. Somebody is going to have an adult conversation with Miko Rantanen and wake his ass up. And if you get, if you turn around and you get a great Miko Rantanen game in game six, you feel pretty good about winning your chances of winning it. If you get Kale McCarr to bounce back, not even and have like a superstar game, but if Kale McCarr just has a good game, you feel pretty good about your chances of winning it. And if any of those things happen at the same time, a good McKinnon game, a good Rantanen game, a good McCarr game, a good Devon Taves game, you feel pretty good about your chances of winning. And if you get a good Darcy Kemper game, you feel really good yeah. about your chances of winning it. Like there are so many different things, the different elements of the team that you can say, they don't even have to take like a huge leap. Now, Rantanen has the most room for improvement there. But not even a huge leap, just be a little bit better. 
So you feel you feel like there's a there there are a lot of different uh, a lot of different things to believe in, and emotionally, we talked. I I had mentioned earlier, St. Louis might have just emptied the tank. On the flip side, instead of it being like, "Oh, poor us," we're gonna find out how the the team has matured. Yeah. Because how, if, how if, mentally tough are they? If the Avalanche come out and they're angry. And they're like, we're not fucking doing this. Yep. We had that. We gave this shit to you guys. We're taking it back. We're ending this and we're moving on. If they do that, all these conversations about leadership and, oh, are they mature enough? Are they whatever, whatever, whatever? End. Because if they come out and and, and they, and it is not even hard to believe that it's it's something that could happen that they could go out and they could just be like all right well we dropped 3 on them in the first period and we just feel you know now we're in control of the game and we think we think given a 3 goal lead for the second straight game we think we can get this one done yep it's the first half of game 5 should not be forgotten the Avs were the significantly better team through the first 30 minutes of that hockey game. And I'm not saying the Avs deserved the win. They absolutely did not deserve to win game five, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into this shit. This deserve to win, deserve to lose. Does does St. Louis, does St. Louis deserve to win because they managed to put 12 shots on goal in the last like 35 minutes of the game. Fuck all that man deserve to win. I'm no, I'm, I'm not, that's not the conversation I'm trying to get to here anyway, so it's fine. The conversation I'm trying to get to is, you have every reason to believe that the Avs are capable of winning against this team. One, because they've done it three times, but two, because even in game five, even in the collapse, the Avs had a three-goal lead. Yeah. If, if if game five was a 5-1 blowout where St. Louis was in the driver's seat the whole time, you start to wonder, boy, the Avs weren't even close to clinching. But it's hard to get much closer to clinching and not clinch than the Avs did in game five. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we already talked about the mental toughness of, yes, they do have to come back and and stay there, but the Avs have proven that they've taken it all the way to the brink. It's not a very big step to get it over the line. It's not (laughs) like it's going to take some Herculean effort to do it. Who cares if they get close comes from the same person who just said the first 30 minutes of last night don't matter. Then you're of the opinion, you would have to be of the opinion then that St. Louis is the dominant team, is in total control of the series, and is in the driver's seat. Which I'm not, but. Which would be, I think, a crazy take. It would be a really big leap, uh, in my opinion. I. I also don't know, like, getting close doesn't mean nothing. Obviously not the result that anyone wants. No one's happy with close. Well, and again, getting close in a game seven, I would agree with you. It's not really that neat. Good for you. Um, It's game five. Right. The Az came close in game five, and they get game six, and if needed, game seven to get there and and look if st louis bleep beats the abs three games in a row and the abs go home tip your cap because you got beat well the same way that we did last year when vegas beat the abs they just beat them there's no bullshit there there's no not talking about any caveats there's no asterisks you just got beat but let's not uh, let's not pretend that st louis doesn't have a mountain to climb of their own here sure Maybe momentum is in their favor, but yeah, for the moment, but that's as soon as, as soon as the next game starts, it doesn't really continue. That stuff doesn't really get you because our, 
any of any of the guys on the ice gonna still be feeling game five the second that game six gets started or is it gonna be like oh game five we had all the momentum right based on the rest of this season the haves have been extremely good at living in the game that they're playing yeah well and and not stringing together losses responding to games in which they haven't played well or have haven't finished haven't had good haven't had the right result in and i do think the end of the season is an extremely interesting case study in this a, a time in which the abs did lose a bunch of games in a row the team they stepped up and beat in that stretch was the st louis blues yeah that was pretty funny <laughs> more more of a fun fact than meaningful it, not Anything. not super relevant, but yeah. I just uh, just throwing it out there. It's not it's not meaningful, but it it was fun. I I just think that look like the first five minutes of the next game are going to be really important because if if the Blues do come out, you know, both barrels and they're firing and they build a lead, then it, the the series does start to take on a different look. But look, Colorado's the Colorado's the better team still. They're the more talented team. The ball yep. was in their court. There's a reason and they're the favorites. There's a reason they're up 3-2 in the series. Right. And there's a reason that they had a you know that they had various leads last night throughout the game. Like there's a reason there. And you just have to recognize you had a you had a chaotic ending that just didn't go your way. And you can't you can't let that build. You just can't let that build. I I mean yes you you don't want it to build but we've seen the other side of this story with the Avs plenty it is ridiculously hard to come back from a, a 3-2 let alone a 3-1 series deficit yeah in the playoffs it is so so difficult to do that and not not downplaying the work the Avs have to do, the fact that they need to go out there and play well, but <laughs> throwing out St. Louis has the momentum and using that to write off the mountain that that team still has to climb. Mm-hmm. Also not really the, the real story there. Yeah. And uh, it was brought up to me last night. I'd forgotten about it, but 2001 Avs team did this. Yeah, they they, they had all the way to seven. They had three one lead over over LA. the Kings, and the yeah. Kings were great, and then couldn't finish it off in Game Seven in Denver. Pick it took Peter Forsberg imploding his spleen. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, that was tough. So it's not the point. Is point is here is Colorado still has two chances to finish this thing off, and St. Louis. It takes a lot of energy to do what they did last night. We see that teams are able to do things like what they did last night and run out of gas a whole lot more often than we see a team that does what they did last last night and then do it two more times. Yeah. It's a real tall ask. And it's it's just hard to do. It's really, really hard to do. And when you when you get into the you know when you're being honest about the talent level involved in in the series like it's advantage colorado on paper full stop yeah the abs are still the better team and to be honest they've outplayed st louis at five on five quite a bit and since we're in the optimist section of this look pk was great last night special teams were excellent it took even even with all of the the collapsing the abs did, it took a empty net six on five goal to get this game to overtime. Yeah, and then it took the the overtime winner was the kind of goal that you're probably not going to get again in the series. Yeah. So, also like as and, and we'll I'll touch a little bit on Pucklick here. The Avs got a little bit of it last night, but you also saw two different goals that the Avs could have easily scored where Ville Husso was beat 
and the puck hits a dude next to him. Yep. Ryan O'Reilly early in the game and Robert Bortuzzo in overtime, where it looks like Huso gets beat by those shots, and, and the puck hits the guy just next to him. And I, I don't uh, like from the optimist side of things. I'm not gonna be here keeping a scoreboard of who's had the better of the puck bounces in the series. Uh, it, the, the the bounces don't matter anymore. Go out and the better team can win the hockey game. And I don't know how you could possibly believe that the bounces don't matter more when you run out of runway in games. The bounces matter more. I, I the bounces are out of your control though. And this is a that hockey. Is, that is true. This is like a hockey the team. Will be what the bounces will be. These this Avalanche team, as are the Blues, both in full control of their destiny. Forget the bounces. Go out and win a hockey game. You get two yeah. more chances to do it in this round if you're the Avs. Yeah, and like you do, just do everything and take care of what you can take care of. And if you lose to bad bounces, then that's the game. Sometimes. Yeah, like that's just how it goes, as we've seen in this series. So that's just that's just how it goes. But I the bounces don't matter is not something you're ever gonna sell me on. You look, just have to live with how they go. I, I'm not in that locker room. I'm not gonna pretend to know the things that push everyone's buttons. I don't I'm not gonna pretend to know exactly what they need to hear, but I don't think a whole lot needs to be said. I think the ads understand who they are. I think they understand what they're capable of. Yeah. And I think they know they need to just go out and do it. They just have to live up to the best version of themselves and they'll be fine. If they do that, they're in the, they're into round three and they, then you have the next series of problems. Yep. Edmonton Calgary. We'll see. Yep. Who knows? All right. I, I'm sure there was a lot of copium, hopium, and whatever the negative version of those words are on this show. And and the the reality, of course, is these are the two poles, and it's probably somewhere in the middle, right? I guess. But at the end of the day, however you feel about it, there's a reason they play the games. I've said it a lot in these playoffs, but I, I think every hockey fan is here because somewhere along the way they believe they're going to win this something cool, at least in the hockey games. If you didn't, I'd, why are you watching? And, yeah. and like I, I mean this earnestly. Like If you have a valid reason for watching, dope. Enjoy it or hate it if that's what you want to do. Whatever you want to get out of it, Get out of it. I don't know. And, Any if other... and, and if you're Tim Peel, is this the most relevant he's been since before he got fired and everybody hated him because he didn't, he wasn't any good at his job? Is he like how is this now like the, or then? Now, I mean, is this, is this <laughs> like the great Tim Peel revival? Like his renaissance of personality? He's like unleashed uh, on on social media where he's like, I can just do whatever I want now. <laughs> also, retired. Homie put in his bio, retired. Yeah, that's a... Uh... We know the truth, bud. <laughs> okay. Any, any final thoughts on this show, AJ? Optimist or pessimist? Um, I, today, today doesn't feel good. But, you know, life is all about adversity. And it's not what happens to you. It's it's how you respond to it. It's not the bad things that you go through in life. It's what you do with them. And that might be cliche and it might be hacky, but it's fucking true. Because there are a lot of people and a lot of teams in history that feel bad about themselves and they produce bad results. And they don't end up anywhere. But... The ones, the ones that are special are the ones who take adversity and use it for something better to be, to be better. Yep. And if this avalanche group wants to be, to be special and to be remembered among, among those groups, then 
that's it. They have to take something like this and they have to use it to be better, to be a better version of themselves. Love it. It's either way. I think either way this series ends, what you're going to feel at the end of it is stronger. You hope it's the happy one, but it could be the sad one. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Yep, We're going to end the show there. Thank you for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate all of y'all. Yeah, even you blues fans. Most of you were pretty were pretty fine today. There are a couple of you walking the line a little bit, but most of you were pretty fine. You got all, all I've learned is that St. Louis, like St. Louis badly needs some people yeah, like us. <laughs> straight up. <laughs> you guys need your own pod so bad. <laughs> kind of feel kind of feeling bad for you guys. <laughs> Either way, we will be back tomorrow. Pre-game, watch along, post-game. I might have chipmunk cheeks, but I'll be there. We're going to make it happen. Uh, so be sure to tune into all of that stuff. And we will talk to y'all on the next one. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.